Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 393. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and we wonder if it's better to be a Democrat or a Republican right now, you know, like in a larger, grander state of the party sense. Maybe we'll even get to that. Today, uh, I am your host, Nagin Farsad. In fact, most days, I am Nagin Farsad. And we're going to talk about how expensive tween taste has become on today's show. We'll also talk about a trend called bookshelf wealth. We'll talk about Oscar snubs, and uh, we'll talk about an interesting lawsuit against Madonna. And of course, we'll dip our toes into the primary waters where our toes may get frostbite, become gangrenous, and fall off. Uh, today, I'm so excited by this panel. This is one of those panels where I just get to show off the cadre of comedians that I get to work with in my life. Um, they're so incredible. Uh, joining us, you know, they've both been on this show before, so you're probably already fans. Um, first up, co-creator of The Daily Show. She's also founder of the Abortion, Abortion Access Front, with whom I have had the extreme pleasure of doing um, shows and actions around the country. It's such an incredible organization, the Abortion Access Front. It is the one and only Liz Winstead. Hi, friends. Hey, Liz. 
Um, also joining us today is um, this um, this gentleman. I have had the pleasure of seeing him just uh, obliterate audiences uh, into puddles of laughter. He has a new dry bar special that's available now. It's called Nothing More American. You can find that on YouTube. He's also part of the uh, Be Funny Tour with Nate Bargatze. Um, this man is just uh, is 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 everywhere all the time, all at once, and in every alternate reality. He is incredibly funny. It is Dustin Chafin. Hey, Dustin. Hey, what an intro. So Thank hilarious. You. <laughs> You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. I want you to MC every show. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, before we get into the show, I just want to remind listeners that they can support the show um, at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. I also want to remind listeners to, you know, one of the things I haven't mentioned very often because I've been so Apple focused is that you can also review the show on Sibat. Spotify. Um, so, folks, uh, let's start filling those Spotify reviews as well. So, review the show on Apple. And when you're tired of doing that, review the show on Spotify. Um, and I don't know. I'm curious. I'm I'm not one of those people that generally like turns to Spotify for podcasts, but I know that I'm increasingly in the minority. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so please, please join us on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and review us on wherever they let you do that. All right, let's get into it with topic number one. So yesterday they announced uh, the Oscars, um, the Oscar nominations, and there was one really notable snub in the form of Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig was not nominated for Best Director for Barbie, and Margot Robbie was not nominated for Best Actress for Barbie. Interestingly, Ryan Gosling was nominated for Best Actor. Um, America Ferrer was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Um, uh, Greta Gerwig was nominated for Screenplay. Uh, and Margot Robbie you know, was sort of indirectly nominated under the best picture category because Barbie was nominated for best picture. It's it's funny because I, I don't know about you guys. I'm on a bunch of like text message threads about whether or not we should be really upset about this. <laughs> and I'm of every mind about this. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Liz, as a woman, we will start with you. Um, do, do you feel uh, irritated or fine about this i mean i feel like oh you know it's another week where somebody who is a woman gets snubbed but i do think like we really need to recognize the bravery of ryan gosling to really show up and <laughs> be a man who uh was portrayed without a penis and how society might feel about that and to have him really tackle his whole journey of being oppressed and then <laughs> mm-hmm, finding yes. the, and then the stuff with finding horses. the patriarchy <laughs> and really trying to change the world that is so dominated by feminist matriarchs um and yeah, sadly he yeah. failed but i do think that you know it's like you know it was his you know george c scott it was his patent and I feel like, you know, I feel like let's not let's not be too hard on him. 
<laughs> um, Justin, what do you think? Well, I would have nominated his abs alone. You know what I mean? Like, just no shirt in that Absolutely. movie and a fur jacket and a cowboy hat. My yeah. kind of guy. I don't know. You know, it's just like it's just another stupid Oscar thing. I miss the days of like Brando when he doesn't, you know, he didn't show up and he had like yes. a Native American accept the award. I think I don't think Robin should show up. I think, you know, just cause some, you know, chaos. Uh, that's what I think. She, but I think she'll be fine, obviously. But, you know. <laughs> yes. Also, she has been nominated I mean, in the past. The direct, I thought the direction. Yeah. And the direction was amazing. That's the that's the craziest one. That movie was very well directed. I mean, very difficult to try to make this toy, you know, relevant and all the stuff that she did to make that movie happen. So that, to me, that's the biggest snub is, you know. Yeah, that's the snub that made me insane. Also, like, whatever, as a person who's made yeah. movies, like, she did that. Like, if you enjoyed Barbie, it is in very, 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 very large part All because right. of Greta Gerwig, right? And so the yeah, idea huge. that she wouldn't be recognized yeah. for that, but it also reminds me of the time when Ava DuVernay was not nominated for Selma as a director. You know, that Selma was, was nominated. And it's, again, it's just like bizarre um and, and it feels like if you if you enjoyed this movie if you think anything about this movie is worth talking about remotely it's because of the director um and i i i don't understand why greta Gerwig wasn't nominated and and it was like when barbara streisand got snubbed for you know in the garden of good and evil and you're just like how mm. do you give a best picture nomination it, it seems like an inevitable hand in hand of picture is not going to Absolutely. be best picture unless the director yeah. has supremely directed it because it's it's just bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. I know they have penises, but uh, even Scorsese and Tar Tarantino, they never got I mean, Scorsese got it for like a remake or something. But then and Tarantino never got it for like yeah. all this film, Pulp Fiction and stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's just I don't know who's making these decisions or just idiots. I know. I it's, yeah, it's just you wonder who fills out the forms. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and I'll, also, by the way, like the title song for the Muslims are coming was actually submitted to the academy right so it was like under consideration um obviously we did not get nominated that year but the process was really interesting because at that time and it you know this was like 2014 or whatever like you you know you actually had to make dvds you know so then i was asked like oh can you submit 250 dvds of this movie so that we can hear this song or whatever and i'm like are these people gonna watch my are two are these two hundred fifty people gonna watch my movie and like you know I it just it 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 seemed like the process was a little crazy and I can imagine that they're not watching that they're not watching everything you know what I mean um and also that and the 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 Oscars are trying to like broaden and you know make it more diverse and make it more reflective of America and I also just think. It takes time, and then and sadly, people like Greta Gerwig are like you know, uh, part of the transition phase that get you know that fall through the cracks. Yeah, I will do a sellout spin on this. I do feel America's that that dialogue with that speech as she says she about gives, women yeah. it is that is the most important part of the movie in my opinion. So at least if she wins, they play that. We have yeah, this, yeah. we have conversation about that. So. That would be the silver lining of this Agreed. whole thing. Agreed. That that's a great speech. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, 
It was really, yeah, it's it's incredible. All right, let's move on to another piece of culture um, that's happening uh, this week. We read a piece in the Washington Post called Tween Tastes Are Expensive, Blame Social Media by Jacelyn Pizer. And in it, she uh, starts with an anecdote about a 12-year-old who had a Christmas gift haul valued at $2,200 um, and included <laughs> brands like Kendra Scott, Apple, Fenty, Summer Fridays, and more. And I, I guess my question for you guys first is like, I am just surprised by this, like by being a 12 year old with any kind of like awareness of those tastes. Um, When did you guys develop an awareness of brands and and expensive things and all of that stuff? Like how young were you? I was young. I remember it was all Polo and Izod and Gloria Vanderbilt jeans and Calvin Klein jeans. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was young, and I remember, you know, you had to have the right sneakers. I remember my parents, they had kind of a low month and couldn't afford, and we went to Payless or something, and, you know, the kids bullied me, you know, (laughs) just because I had these these shoes that weren't Nike or Adidas. So, yeah, I think there is this weird thing that happens with kids where they feel like to be popular or to be accepted, they have to have – the expensive stuff. And then now with the Internet is crazy. I can't even imagine that. At least when we were kids, it was like, you know, you only try to impress, you know, Peers. 40 people in your class. Now right. it's like the whole world they're trying to impress, you know, thousands and millions of people. So I think it's definitely gone to, you know, just the extreme. But uh, but yeah, I still like expensive clothes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, were you a tween of expensive taste? I was not. I because here's where I totally lucked out. Well, first of all, I'm the youngest of five kids in a Catholic family, so the hand me downs were real. Um, but I came of age, you know, in the peer pressure time. I came of age when I had cool older siblings. And they were listening to like old Rolling Stones. And so I was very much in my peer group. Vintage clothes and thrift stores were what was very cool. It it was at the same time of that sort of rise of Calvin Klein's and guest jeans and all that. But there was the whole... And that, but that was associated for us with like disco and we were the punk rock kids and the disco people were douchebags. And so all right. of that fancy shit um, became, we thought was douchey. Like right, cool. And we were watching right, like right, right. old yeah. films and listening to 60s music and, and the British invasion. So I was looking for vintage Paisley shirts and like, you know, peg leg old, you know, so I lucked out on the that peer pressure part, but- as I've gotten older now, I just want to find more expensive vintage shit, which is like ridiculous. Right. So I've right, also right, always right. been somebody yeah. who like growing up in Minnesota, um, like we had like a lot of environmental stuff on our books and in our world for a long time. Like um, we were the first city in America to recycle and stuff. So I've also been keenly aware of buying more shit. So I like to always keep my shit to a minimum or have it be from someone else for the most part, you know, set aside my underwear. And I actually thought, yeah, like that's an excellent point because I thought that with the Gen Z would be more on that tip, right? That like the cool thing to do would not be to buy Fenty and all whatever. The cool thing to do would be to brag about how you barely spent anything and got everything, you know, from a thrift shop because they're more 
environmentally aware. So there's yeah. part of this that I just think is like antithetical to what some of the the, the ideological stuff that they're driven yeah. by, which yeah. is climate yeah, change, yeah, yeah. you know? So yeah. that that part of this feels very weird to me. But the but the other thing that they have to reckon with, which I guess is just a stronger um, force than yeah. their desire to be good environmental stewards is yeah. product pushing by influencers, which Dustin mentioned. Like they, it's, I didn't get, like I had what Dustin was talking about, just like those 40 people and some of them would wear like, a, you know, guest jeans or whatever. But like that was really kind of the pressure. That was the only real pressure. I didn't see much pressure in that sense. I didn't get the, you know, influencers pushing products and a product going viral and all that stuff. The thing that I was most stunned by in this piece was not even necessarily like the retail stuff that they buy out of peer pressure uh, and out of influencer pressure, but the but the skin products. Yeah. There's like stories in this article about a 10-year-old fighting with like a 25-year-old at Sephora over the last whatever particular skincare product. And I, this, that Smart was- kid. <laughs> I mean, if we that, could go back in time and oh, use know, more skincare, exactly. You know? <laughs> I should have been using hyaluronic acid when I was yeah. ten years old. Ten years old, and I definitely was not. But I mean, that's a thing. I don't know. It makes me a little sad. I don't know. What do you think about these these young girls and their skincare products that they're spending, by the way, hundreds of dollars on? I mean, I feel. I mean, kids are. <laughs> I was go ahead. Say, um, you know. Since I I don't know that much about skincare, um, <laughs> I honestly had somebody okay. say to me once, if you wash it off your face, do not invest a lot of money in it. If you keep it on your face, invest money in it because it's a thing that actually stays on your face. And I was like, okay, I'll go with that rule. But, um, you know, I guess the question is, how much of this regime stuff is garbage yeah. products that we're selling versus how much of it is this is a healthy way to actually take care of your skin um and i don't know the answer to that you know it's the kind of like what you said earlier dustin it's like i don't know maybe we should have all been doing that when we were kids so we would know some things like who yeah. knows you know like yeah. i don't know so i feel like mostly it's just like torturing young girls to have them believe that they're not yes. um that, that they're never pretty, pretty enough. enough. Um, but like when you're 10, are you trying to look eight? <laughs> what, what are you, what are I you know. doing? It's just weird. I don't know. Guys, I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, let me know. Is your tween have incredibly expensive taste and what are you doing about it? Uh, also, I'm, I, I hear these stories and I just, I have a five-year-old. I'm just like, oh God, is this is what <laughs> is coming for me? No, please, no. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into another topic. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app 
that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, educational app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we are back, and we're ready for topic number two. Let's talk about politics, you guys. Trump won the New Hampshire primary. Nikki Haley was 11 points behind. She is vowing to stay in the race. Um, I don't know. Liz, what do you think is happening? Like, do you really think she's staying in the race? Uh, I, are you surprised she didn't do better or are you not at all surprised where are you at uh, i'm not surprised that a brown woman didn't win a gop nomination <laughs> no <laughs> i am not even even all of her slavery denying and there's no racism in america does not sell a base of people who are literally saying go home to anybody whose skin is like the color you know darker than a marshmallow so please um what do I think? I think she's, I mean, I don't know how much money she has. Is she just hanging out being like, I'm just going to wait for the, uh, you know, indictment to come down so they'll anoint me. But also it goes to the convention and they pick the, if Trump goes to jail and can't be running, it's the convention that chooses the, the candidate. So I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she actually thinks. And I also just wonder 
part of, I think, being a member of that party means that you have to absolutely check your own, like, dignity. You know, you basically become a dog that just licks its own asshole in the middle of a party. It's like, I don't care what happens to me. I'm just going to I'm going to (laughs) roll up into the state I'm from where every single politician who holds office there hates me as endorsed the other guy and be like, just like all in it and feel good about my like what work. Can you imagine? I mean, I just don't I don't I don't understand it from a from a point of like, how do I wake up every day and face people? Dustin, what did you think? Uh, well, the Republican Party, they they care a lot about skin. Yeah. So that is kind of the transition to that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of flip it a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I heard rumors, <laughs> you know, then he went after her, you know, saying that she's, you know, not presidential or what. Her dress and, wasn't expensive. You know. Something weird. <laughs> Yeah, her dress. Yeah, if you say any little thing, you know, you're looking out for yourself. He just attacks you and just comes at you. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I I I don't know. I I just I'm I'm in that phase where you're just numb and you're like, all right, you're just watching the train wreck of just people getting nominated. I mean, DeSantis going out was the greatest thing ever. Like that guy was just such an idiot. And so to watch that fall apart was a beautiful thing. So that's what I'm focusing on. <laughs> the Santos guy, I don't really know anybody else. I'm not even watching, but watching him just crumble, thinking that he could bring all that Florida stuff to the national stage and people would have just accept him and he would just be this hero because he really had that kind mm-hmm. of confidence. And so I think she says some things once in a while that aren't too crazy, you know? And so I guess I would prefer someone like her, but you know, it's just the base is just, it's gone off the deep end. So there's no it's, way they're going to have somebody. What's also weird is like, you know, in terms of like, you know, the, the dog um, licking its own butt, like idiots, tr- like Tim Scott. I mean, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy obviously has been licking his own butt this whole time. So like, that's fine. Um, but Tim Scott, nah, you know, it's not, I don't know. Did I expect more from him? I oddly did. And he was standing right there with Trump during his victory speech. I feel like the lapdog behavior that everybody, you know, exhibits to this man is so strange to me i feel like if they had all decided in 2016 or in 2018 or in 2020 or in 2022 to not do that all it takes is like a critical mass of like 10 of them to be like no i just think he's not great guys and i really am sorry i'm just like tired of licking his balls like i don't want to do it anymore like he's just not a great guy like if a critical mass had done that then the party would be fine. And it's so strange to me that they couldn't get a critical mass of 10 people but to I do think, that. It's so I don't, strange. I don't think 10 people can... Uh, that's assuming that this person is the reason that this ideology has, has infected our nation. He, he is a symptom. Mm, okay, he, is, right. he did not create yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. He allowed all of these people who had to tamp down all of their racist garbage, he allowed that to be normalized. And that's a genie let out of a bottle that people can't, because what the people who were let out of the bottle said was, how come you didn't allow us to be this way? We like this guy because he allowed us to be this way. But I think back to your Tim Scott point, I just love to put a button on it. And that is, I, in all seriousness, like it's disgusting enough that Tim Scott, a black man, is is licking the boots of Donald Trump. 
but he also showed his desperation and cruelty by not even saying, I like, I like Nikki Haley. I just really like your policies. He could have said that. And instead he walks on stage after Donald Trump says, you hate Nikki Haley. And he didn't even forcefully come out and say, I don't hate her. And it was really gross. You know, it's just like this, this lack of humanity and lack of spine is, yeah. is just really disgusting. Like, I don't know. Yeah, just like, it's just like they all agree to just fundamentally not be courteous. <laughs> you know what I mean? When Trump is involved. <laughs> and it's weird. They're so addicted to that fan base. You know, they don't they don't want to shake anything in that fan base because it's it's right. huge. And I think we all we all underestimate that fan base of people that are the uh, the cult allegiance is just insane. And they feel one little step this way, you lose that. Well, base. also, I I think I can say I'm in great. I mean, I'm in great company and people would have values. And I've never, ever wanted something so badly that I would be tempted to literally sell out my very convictions and my own personal experiences just so that I could get a brass ring that would not even lead me to happiness because I got there through such ill-gotten gains. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it either. But also talking about this fan base that they're so addicted to, the margin of victory actually in New Hampshire decreased significantly from the primary in 2016. Um, he won New Hampshire by 20 points at, um, then over a crowded field. Um, and he fell far short. And this is these are just um, stats from The New York Times. He fell short of his 30 point triumph in the Iowa caucus. So it's it, he is winning. Right. But the wins are not like super strong. Um, the they're not necessarily sending a great message in terms of general election health for the for the Trump campaign. Um, and here's another fun one. Only about half of those who voted in the New Hampshire primary said they would even consider him fit for the presidency if he was considered if he was convicted of a crime. So he sort of theoretically, again, polls, who knows, whatever. But like uh, if this poll is to be believed, he loses a lot of votes if he gets convicted of a crime. You know, and he has there's 91 felony accounts um, against him, charges against him. So there's a real strong possibility that he is convicted of a crime. So I don't know. There's just think of that. I'm not trying to silver lining this, but I am trying to silver lining this. And here's another silver lining. <laughs> Biden wasn't even on the ballot in New Hampshire because the Democratic Party changed the primary calendar. Thank God. Also, I would like to say for the 5,000th time, why do we have a primary calendar that totally neglects most of the country? Anyway, uh, why aren't the primaries just all on one day? Okay, anyways, I've said this before. I'll say it for the rest of my life until it changes. But he won with a write-in campaign. Um, that made me feel a little good. Did that make you feel anything? I mean, uh, you would expect that. But, you know, but to your point, Nagin, um, they did those similar polls in Iowa. And of all of the people who were voting for Nikki Haley, 
Um, 30% of those people said they would not vote for Trump if she was not the nominee. I don't know if that means they would vote for Biden. And there was a, it was like a 30% across the board between 20 and 30% of people who said if Trump is convicted of a felony, would you vote for him? 30% said no. So I do think that um, who turns out in the primaries, like you, the, it's the base. And so when, it, when you have the base choosing your candidate and the base is those people, um, when you thrust that candidate into a general election, um, you can be hosed profoundly. I mean, let's not forget yeah. that Republicans have not won, uh, you know, only one time in six uh, elections have they ever won the popular vote for president, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and by millions, was still won the president, you know, it's, so it's like you aren't winning. <laughs> like the, the right 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 this is not this is yeah. not long term a winning a winning mm-hmm. strategy we, even though we, in the re- short term we, can. we really need those skincare kids yeah. to get out there and register <laughs> yeah that's that's what we need oh uh, well you know uh, um the that that vote is an uh, the kind of like 18 to 25 or whatever it's not a dependable vote um but it could really profoundly move things and you know i'm uh we, we talked about this last week with anat um shankar asoria about the Taylor Swift effect and all that yes. stuff like there these are real things that could that could happen so I mean the uh, Allman Brothers the Allman Brothers put Carter in the White House I mean maybe she could you know I mean it's did, possible did they really <laughs> pretty much I mean I felt like it helped when yeah, you say Liz yes. I mean this that whole yeah <laughs> he was the cool president yeah he, you know, you know but also like, you know these rock stars yeah, but also there's you know the Biden effect of young people have a very different um, opinion now of our relationship to Israel and Israel's foreign policy. And that is having yeah. um, a lot of young people really saying, this is not how I want my tax dollars spent. I do not want to fund wars. I do not want, you know, I, and I think that I want, I want to fund skin I want to fund care. Skin care. And that's what we should, should be. F- <laughs> um, so, you know, I think. You got to moisturize. Yes. So it's, we're, we're in such a place. I mean, it, we're in a pl- we're in such a place. That is my <laughs> insightful take. All right, folks. That's your new show. We're in such a place. <laughs> so <laughs> bad. <laughs> All right, folks. Let me know. Are we in such a place? And what does such a place mean to you? Uh, let us move on to topic number three. Madonna um, and concert promoters are being sued for being late. Apparently, um, she was doing a show at Barclays in New York City, and uh, she didn't get on stage until after 10.45 p.m. on her December 13th show. And uh, when the show was done, concert goers had, quote, limited public transportation, limited ride sharing options. Um, And all of this ended up being documented in a civil complaint. And uh, she's just been sued. So I guess, do you, what do you think of this lawsuit, Dustin? Well, boo-hoo. It's like, this is what rock stars do. And first of all, it takes two hours just to bring her back to life. (laughs) 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 But it's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's like, because what's next? They're going to, you know, they're going to sue a comic for burning the light. You know what I mean? Like, that's where this is headed. Oh, I had to be somewhere and the comic wouldn't get off stage or, you know, it could go into some weird place of, I mean, I've gone to shows where it started really late or whatever, but once, once they come out, you forget all that. You forget that you've been standing there and just don't go to concerts if you you know i mean i went to guns and roses and like they were late or whatever it's it just happens it's just it's a rock star thing whatever some you don't 
don't know what's maybe she flew in from somewhere, but I, I don't know. I think it's too much power from people to just be able to sue like that for an artist. It's art. You can't sue over art and because you were inconvenienced about the time. Right. Like there is something of a social contract that goes into concert going in particular, which isn't the same. It's not the same if you're going to a Broadway show. It's not the same if you're going to see the Philharmonic. But if you're going to see like a pop star or any kind of rock band, for whatever reason, you enter into a social contract which stipulates that the show will not remotely start on time literally ever. I have to say, I hate that. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm a, I'm the kind of guy that's like, oh, it, is it supposed to start at 8:30? I'll be there at 8:15. I'll uh, war, you know, I'll get nice and excited at, at 8:30. Um and if you need to hold the doors for a bit, uh, I get that. But yeah. at 8 by 8:35, I'd like to see some business on stage. <laughs> For the thing I came to see, you know, the act of showing up, like, you know, I I saw, I think the last concert I saw was a few months ago, I saw LCD Sound System. And again, they, I mean, like, yeah, they didn't show, they didn't perform for like, I mean, it was probably the show was eight, eight ish and they didn't perform until 10 ish or 11, you know, but it was dumb. Like, that's dumb. Why do they do? I mean, it builds anticipation. It It builds anticipation. Like, are they coming? What's going on? This is. And then once I guarantee you, once she went into like a virgin, everybody went bananas and like, yeah, (laughs) I'm sure I know. Also, the idea that there's limited public transportation in New York City after yeah. a, a first show that's letting out at yeah. 1 a.m. is absurd and untrue. But uh, OK, yeah. but Liz, Luke, where, yeah. where are you on this lawsuit? I mean, I am on, <laughs> I'm on with Justin. I mean, again, going back to like the amount of money I have paid for punk rock shows that like got one song or didn't even get on stage or like literally, Hey, you want to pull the rig out of your arm before the show? Like, honestly, like I, uh, I, you know, I think it's a learning moment. It's not a suing moment, you know, like somebody like Madonna, if like, you know, maybe don't go again. Maybe that's your punishment to her. You know, if you pay $150 for a ticket and somebody goes on late, that kind of, it sucks. But for me, it'd be like, oh, if that's how this game goes, you know what? You're not going to get my money again, bitch. And like, that's just the way I would yeah. do it. But also, um, I, you know, I just don't go to, there's so many giant concerts that I don't go to. Um, and uh, I think that maybe what it says is, here's what I'm going to say. Let me spin this. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. If we had a stronger if we had a stronger union running these venues then our we would be having stronger unions running these venues and you have to play by union rules and it doesn't matter if you're Madonna or it doesn't matter if you're whatever union houses have uh you know they keep the ship tight rules so let's empower well, usually, the unions yeah. more Usually they do. She couldn't have done that at the Beacon. No. I mean, they're oh out my God, 11. the Beacon. It's, yes, bam. that's exactly right. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, there's certain venues. There's no way. Yeah, she yeah, could do you that. can't do that at like Carnegie Hall. Yes, you can't do that. I mean, unions. there's so many. Pla- yeah, another reason to oh, support your unions. I love, I love this spin, Liz. My so, God, sue because, the arena, yeah. not Madonna. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> Sue the arena for not having like strong unions that keep things on track. No, but that that makes that makes a ton of sense because this is again in in uh, for whatever reason mediums that do embrace unions like the Philharmonic or the opera or whatever, they can't get away with shenanigans. They can't get away with shenanigans for the employees' sake. They're not it's not really about the audience, but I you know, so I would say the annoyance of a thing just not starting on time so you could just enjoy the thing you paid for and then go home and then get a good night's sleep. Like I have long, even when I was a teenager, I found that annoying. And then add to that, they get to toy with employees time um, who who don't necessarily have an apparatus. And I, I don't know specifically what the union status is of the Barclay members, but I can imagine if there is, maybe it should be stronger or there might not be a union. Dustin, you were yeah, going to say. I, w- I will say this. I mean, uh, again, another genius move by Madonna. We're talking about her again. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like a PR play. You yeah. Know? Very true. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, it's all... Uh, she was everywhere and now she's coming back. So, you know, it's it also off. interesting because I mean, look, we're all comedians and I feel like there's there's a bit of a shift I, th- of this. I want to say or maybe I don't know if there's a shift because I, I went to a U2 concert at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Those motherfuckers, they are my favorite childhood band. And they started on time and the whole apparatus that runs this sphere, it's a whole ridiculous production and everything just moved, you know, was smooth on time. They did one encore and they were out. Like it was all so clockwork in a way that I deeply appreciated it. We got a good night's sleep and had brunch the next morning. You know what I mean? It was like, that's what I want. <laughs> but like, you would think so that's what Madonna people- wants. She's 65. You know, you'd think she'd be like, I mean, I'm not yeah. going out at 1045. I want to go to bed. I want to go watch John yeah. Hamm and Fargo. She wants to. Sh- yeah. Like everyone. <laughs> she wants to shake it up. She wants to. She's Madonna. She wants to be a brat and shake it up. That's what she's always done. So but, I, 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 but as so as comedians, don't you feel like that thing of like, I'm going to be late and drunk and whatever. I'm not saying she was drunk, but like, but this whole thing of I'm going to make everybody wait for me. Like, it feels like. Like we're not really doing that anymore or something that feels just like an old, like, like a, a bygone yeah. era move. I yeah, don't know. A, what do you think? A, do you see current comedians like really doing that? I mean, a comedian, that's a, it's a different thing, I think. But, um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I think Chappelle's kind of shaking it up. And oh yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Chappelle does there's, that. There's certain people that. that are just causing problems. Cat Williams. I mean, there's people causing problems, but far as, you know, getting on stage or whatever, I mean, we don't have a band behind us. We don't have we don't have 13 right. backup dancers and so you know there's not that many people involved in our production we're just up there slinging jokes so it's i don't think it's you know there's no reason for us to really you know uh, not the, be on time and stuff like that yeah like the only people we're specifically answering to are these hundreds of or thousands of people in the audience which are like a tremendous number um but yeah i i i can uh i don't know i it just feels like that kind of rock star behavior um just feels a little like oddly it's something that happened in the i don't know 80s or something and it just shouldn't happen yeah. anymore and and she's she wants to relive that. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> she's like, 
she wants to be the Madonna that causes problems again. You know, right. S- right. Instead of us talking about her injections, we're talking about her being late. So she's probably happy about and this. not talking about her music <laughs> and not talking about her music. She yeah, should yeah, be yeah, more yeah, worried yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, every every artist. <laughs> By the way, I just uh, want to point out this thing that was in the um, complaint that I just thought was funny. They cited they quote suffered actual harm because of the tardiness, and the harm included quote annoyance, harassment, time, frustration, annoyance. and anger. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just I was like, okay, I guess you could just sue for whatever. So you we know? can sue the Republican Party. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I would like to, to sue the Republican Party for being just like super annoying. That's annoying. I'd like yeah. to sue yeah, them yeah, for yeah. showing <laughs> up all the time on time. Could you be? Could you awesome. be a little late and maybe sometimes kill, kill you to kill be you late. just not show up? Like that'd be awesome. Oh. All right, and that, my friends, is the end of the show. And I knew that you guys would just uh, make me feel all kinds of wonderful. I love having conversations with you. And what I would love is for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all the things that you do. Dustin, where do they do that? Uh, you could hit the old Instagram. We're always trying to get those numbers up uh, at Dustin underscore Chafin. Uh, and, and I'll be, uh, can I do a plug? I'll be yeah. uh, Wise Guys in Ogden, Utah, headlining February 16th and 17th. And then I'll be on the Nate Bergazzi tour after that. We've got a, we'll be in D.C. and Bangor, Maine, a whole bunch of really cool dates coming up. So check all that out. Folks, I mean, really. Go check these dates because watching Dustin perform live is super duper fun. And unlike Madonna, he won't be late. He won't be late. No, I Uh, I don't have it like that. I got to be on time. (laughs) Liz Winstead, where do people find Uh, you? You can find me on all of the socials at Liz Winstead. And if you want to learn how you can have some fun uh, dragging assholes for filth who are trying to ban abortion, um, <laughs> check out check out Abortion Access Front. We are at Abortion Front on all the socials. And you can sign up to volunteer, learn about our work at abortion at, at aafront.org. And we have a new documentary. We had a documentary crew following us around for seven years. And the documentary is just starting the Festival Circuit right now and the next showing will be at um indie fest in san francisco february 9th it's called no one asked you and you can find that information if you go to indie fest in san francisco oh my gosh definitely check out this documentary because having been around the operations i i mean you're gonna feel things you're gonna laugh and you're gonna just be in awe so like experience that please uh and you know where to find me and all the things that i do by the way i'm gonna be in chicago on february 8th doing wait wait don't tell me so if you want to come to a live taping um in chicago and and see one of those um i'll be there and otherwise i would really like to uh recognize everybody who makes the show a possibility that's our wonderful producer andrew mcguire and this week's also wonderful producer emma foley who stepped in to save the day because andrew um, is on vacation in hawaii having the time bless his heart he deserves it um so thank you so much emma for making today's show a possibility thanks to everyone at headgum for making this show a possibility thanks to gabby alter for our theme music if you have any questions or concerns or ideas you can reach us at fake the nation podcast at gmail.com don't forget to write a review on apple or spotify or wherever they let you do that and 
that's it. Uh, we will be back in your earballs next week. <laughs>